Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. Real Estate Coaching Radio is the nation's number one daily radio show for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Get ready for fluff-free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what's truly working to get you into action, helping others, and making money now in today's real estate market. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. Three, two, one, and we're back. Julie, welcome to January the 25th. It's a Monday. Monday. That means lots and lots of coaching calls, lots of checking in with what's happening, not just here and there, but really everywhere. We have clients, as you always say, all over the, you know, we have listeners all over the world, but we have coaching clients in pretty much every state, I think, in the Caribbean. You know, we've got a couple people in Paris right now, uh, Alaska and Hawaii, certainly. So it's always interesting to see the ebb and flow of business. And I have to say that I'm both really enthusiastic and excited for this market because the the amount of uh, energy behind housing right now is incredible. But I also am picking up a pretty good stress vibe from some of these guys. And I'll, I'll tell you why when we get going here. So I wanted to show you this. It's funny you should say this. And actually, as I'm pulling this up. Um, yeah, so I'm right Australia. I'm, I know, but I want to show you the different countries. So I was listening to a book, a guy who is basically a, I think most people would see him as a bear. In other words, he's kind of some one of these contrarian type investors, Jim Rickards. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's a great book. New Case for Gold was the book he wrote a long time ago. And I'm, I'm reading his, or listening to his latest one now. But it's funny, he's going through, just to put a, you know, a circle around this thought, he's believing that we're in a depression right now. And I always make a point of listening to all sides of any kind of, argument, especially when it comes to economics, because it makes it so that I'm not just, you know, breathing my own hopium and I'm not just becoming like everyone else seems to, where they're just essentially, you know, it's a uh, confirmation bias. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. And so that's what I'm trying to avoid. So I am always introducing thoughts and people and, you know, just experiences sometimes that'll force me to get outside my little comfort zone. And then it'll from that, I might decide, well, it looks like I was thinking the right way, or maybe I need to modify, or maybe I was wrong. I mean, all these types of thoughts Um, circulate through my mind every day because what I'm trying to do is make sure that Julie and I don't become complacent in the way we're thinking personally um, and then also the way uh, we're helping you guys to build your real estate businesses. So to my point, Jim is going through all the sectors basically in his opinion that are going to be doing well and all the ones that are going to be doing not so well (laughs) through what he thinks is going to be a depression. And one of the points that he made was he thought residential real estate is going to continue to be one of the best industries to be in and also one of the best things to invest in. I just thought that was kind of funny that, you know, he's basically bagging on every single possible thing, uh, you know, gold and certain commodities and raw land and things like that. And then he says single family homes. I just thought that was you know, everybody else, though, I don't know. Not so good. <laughs> you know, it, it was just funny. All right. So this is what I wanted to show you, Julie. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, obviously, geographic stats. You, you don't need to read those. But mm-hmm. I just want you to uh, scan yeah. as I show you the different countries. But here's the funny part. Now, I was going through this list, actually, for an article we're writing for our website. And I was trying to think if I knew where all these countries were. And there was only mm. there was like one I didn't know where it was. Mm-hmm. All right. So what I'm showing Julie is a list of where we have listeners all over the world. And it's over 60 different countries, like United States minor outlying islands. Wow. <laughs> Afghanistan, Antigua, Aruba, Bolivia, Cyprus, Denmark, Arbitus. Bangladesh. Luxembourg. Luxembourg. Awesome. That doesn't surprise me, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Morocco, Macedonia. Uh, Macedonia, Iran, Russia, uh, Honduras. 
Honduras, Austria. What the heck is that? I think I forget how to say that. Sea, it looks like seashells. seashells to me, but I know that's yeah. in the Caribbean. I think that isn't that that's uh, a, a British-owned um, uh, island, I, I believe. So. Yeah, Jamaica, Ireland, Nigeria, Nicaragua, India, Bahamas, Turkey, Costa Rica, Portugal, Israel, Colombia, South Korea, Italy, Aruba, Ukraine. I always I love that mm-hmm. we don't have very many listeners in the U- Ukraine, but go Ukraine. Uh, Malaysia, uh, Malaysia, Ecuador, Barbados, Singapore, Brazil. Uh, Thailand, New Zealand. That, does that surprise you, New Zealand? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Northern Mariana, Mariana Islands. Do you know where that is? That's in the South Pacific, yes, isn't it? I, I think so too. Right. Cayman Islands, Virgin Islands, France, Qatar, Philippines, Guam. Guam doesn't surprise me no. at all. Yeah. Um, Ghana, Dominican Ghana Republic. Uh, yeah, but you know, when I'm. When I think I, Guam because we have a lot of military there, don't we? Well, Guam's a, like Puerto Rico as mm-hmm. far as its status it's inside the United States. Yeah. Panama, Japan. Anyway, I'm not going to read all these to you guys, but Malta. I know we have a lot of listeners mm-hmm. in Malta. Um, in Mexico, That's Sweden. Awesome. Yeah, but isn't that crazy? United Arab uh, Arab Arab I'm tripping over it. It's an airline. <laughs> I should know that. Yeah. Uh, Czech Republic, Wait. Germany, Spain, Netherlands, and there's Puerto Rico. There we now, are. Now here's the cool thing about Puerto Rico. And it's I remember, not just us listening here either. Right. <laughs> it's not just us <laughs> listening to ourselves. I remember six months ago when I was uh, looking at the same uh, uh, graphic, basically, and Puerto Rico, the listeners were maybe like 10 percent of what they mm-hmm. are now, which is great. Yeah. Um, uh, Vietnam, Pakistan. What country so far that I rattled off surprises you the most? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to probably. <laughs> Pakistan's got to be right Vietnam, up there. Vietnam, something so, like that. Well, here, Just me, something that's really different. Let me put this in perspective, Julie. Pakistan is our one, two, three, four, five. That's, that's surprising. <laughs> it's our fifth biggest. And, and Vietnam after that's really surprising too. But We're huge in Pakistan and Vietnam is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I have no idea why. Don't know. <laughs> but to all of our international listeners, thank you for allowing us to be in your uh, heads and in your lives every single day. Um, and we really appreciate you helping us get the word out. It's really, it's pretty damn cool. I have to say, it's fun. Yeah. And um, for those of you who are um, having yet to purchase our book, because I suspect that's where a lot of people find us, truthfully, mm, from probably. our book. Uh, it's on Amazon and really every other book's a reseller that you can possibly imagine, and it's called Harris Rules, so make sure you pick up our book. So Julie started out today by talking about, and we were uh, putting together some notes to prepare, or preparing notes for you guys, so we can focus on how you can actually get the house that your buyer wants in contract. And Julie had a lot of coaching calls. This is her long coaching day. How many calls do you have today? Like 12? Mm-hmm. 12 one-on-one calls? Mm-hmm. And on her long Mondays, we always look for recurring themes. And the recurring theme is? The recurring theme is a lot of frustration for buyers and buyer's agents. And it comes in a lot of different flavors. But I you know, I think that we've, we try very hard to drive home the importance of being a listing agent. That is the number one cure for buyer frustration you know, with regards to you guys working with buyers is just be the listing agent. And we talk about that all the time, but be that as it may, you all are working with buyers. Some of you work with a lot of buyers and there are a lot of very, very motivated and very qualified buyers right now. So if you're working with a really good seller or a buyer that will be a great seller, then that's obviously a buyer you probably want to keep, you know, maybe working yourself or have someone that's immediately on your staff work with. But other than that, we're suggesting that you work towards having all your buyers 
be referred out to agents who are only buyer's agents um, when they have no houses to sell. So straight up buyers, have in the back of your mind that you're going to get to the point of not necessarily adding buyer's agents to your staff, but you're actually going to refer those buyer leads out because I'm here to tell you guys, you'll make more net profit referring those buyer leads out to agents that aren't necessarily directly affiliated with you as in a staff member that you're having mm-hmm. to basically take after a team member, whatever you want to call them. Partners, basically. Yeah, referral partners. You can make 35%. And I know in some markets, guys, agents are more than willing to pay 50% on buyer referrals. And I promise you that's more money you're ever going to make versus building a buyer's agent staff, for sure. That's true. Now, let's say that you are one of those buyer's agents, though, whether you're keeping your own buyers or whether you're somebody that's gotten those as referrals. Here's the frustration that's happening in the market right now. In in some places, it's not enough to go over list. It's not enough to waive the appraisal. I've been hearing all kinds of crazy stories like trying to pay the winning bidder off to uh, assign the contract to you. Cash. Okay, that's happening. There's a lot of going direct to the listing agent that's happening out there. Um, you know, the builders can't quite keep up with the demand. So even uh, I'm seeing lots that can be built on have multiple bids. You know, there's a lot of crazy stuff. But but most importantly, my biggest concern is these agents that are not able to get their buyers in contract fast enough. And if, part of this is because the agent isn't educating the buyer on what it takes or they're trying to, but their scripts aren't really that good, and the buyer well, doesn't really buy it. Let's take a little meandering yeah. trip here, and then we'll circle back to the main road sure. that you're on, because I appreciate sure. it. Mm-hmm. I see where you're going with your notes for today. Yeah. So we drilled down a lot in teaching these guys how to be listing agents, right? Yeah. How to you know proactively lead generate, how to pre-qualify, how to present, mm-hmm. how to negotiate, how to close. You know, We teach them the whole right. process. But what a lot of you have not realized is that in this market, you're going to have to have a similar skill set with working with buyers. That's the reason on the Premier Coaching Program, we have something, what do we call it? I don't the buyer presentation. Okay, we have a essentially like we have a listing presentation for sellers. We have a buyer presentation for buyers. And when Julie and I developed this, we actually had a staff of like seven or eight buyers agents. Rochelle, who works for us now as one of our coaches, actually uh, became the buyers agent manager for us. And we actually had a, uh, a, a it was basically a PowerPoint presentation that was in a flip chart that we would use to pre- and they would all the buyers agents had to essentially present to their buyers agents or to their buyers with the idea that the end result was going to be a signed buyer's agent contract, buyer's agency contract. Now let's set aside your consternation about getting buyer's agency contracts signed for just a second. Here's the prevailing thought that you should have and, and then you decide what to do with it, right? Would you list a house without a listing contract? Would you do all the work for a seller without having you know, an actual listing contract that was going to assure that you were going to get paid once you actually found the buyer for that house, whether it was your buyer or a co-op? Of course not. And what's even more is you can't even put it in the MLS unless you have a listing contract. Mm-hmm. And yet you're in this situation where you are working with buyers with no any sort of you know formalized agreement. In a very competitive market. And you think those buyers are going to be loyal to you. They're not. They're going to be loyal to themselves, as they should be. So what you need to do is you're going to not only need to show the buyer, uh, our buyer's presentation shows the buyer why they want to work with you, why they want to work with you if they're considering a for sale by owner, why they want to work with you if they're considering working with the builder, why they want to work with you on all circumstances. Then it shows your value proposition of why or what you're going to do to help them through the process. And this is going to be valuable whether, you know, they've purchased in multiple properties or whether they're working, uh, you know, it's a first time buyer situation. So if you're not able to present to these buyers as to why they're going to want to work exclusively with you, don't be surprised if you essentially are uh, needlessly suffering the maybe in the next two or three or four months 
as these buyers aren't loyal to you. You might have a list of buyers you think you're going to sell houses to, but as I said a second ago, they're going to be loyal to themselves and they're going to be calling listing agents. They're going to drive past mm -hmm. a sign and the sign just hit the yard and let's just assume that it's not you know a, a coming soon type situation, but magically the listing's not quite in the MLS yet. That buyer then talks to that listing agent directly and then that listing agent sells the house to that buyer directly. You have no any sort of recourse to get paid for maybe the thousand weekends that you've been spending with these buyers mm -hmm. and the 42,000 lunches you've purchased for them over the last year. You guys get the point? So you should seriously consider upgrading your game when it becomes to, when it comes to being a professional with working with buyers on the buyer side of the contract. And the rule we had with our buyer's agents is they would um, essentially, they could maybe show houses once to a buyer without a contract signed. But after that, the buyer had to sign a buyer's agency contract and they also had to sign a sample net sheet. In other words, a buyer's expense sheet, which also included a buyer's processing fee, which was also, uh, which was legal and, and still is. You, you know, charging a processing fee as an addition to the commission that would be from the co-op. Um, and that's the way we worked it and it did work. And then we had buyers, our buyer's agents or you as an agent working with buyers, you will have then something that's frankly, you can take to the bank. You've got a buyer who's contractually obligated to buy from you. Um, and it's, you know, the buyer's agency contract, just like a listing contract is going to be for a period of time. Now, why wouldn't they do this, Julie? Well, okay. So there's a couple of things going on here that I, everything you said, absolutely. The reason that many agents have struggled to get this signed in the past is because they're they're basically closing on a signature without ever having a presentation. Right. The definition of close is the logical ending to a great presentation. If I just talk to you on the phone once and I you go show me a house and then you ask me to sign something, I'm, of course I'm going to be like, no, I'm not comfortable with that because you didn't educate me. You didn't present in any way. You simply went right for the close and of course I'm going to say no. Because I have no, I, I don't know what your value proposition but is. But it's even worse than that. Mm -hmm. um, these agents that are basically working with these buyers are assuming the buyers know that they can bring the buyer's agent in on the buyer transaction. Exactly. They're no education. Right. No education. They're assuming that the buyer is going to think to bring the buyer's agent in on the for sale by owner transaction. They don't even know how it's supposed to go. And then when the buyer screws you because they buy it from somebody else, it's somehow the uh, buyer's fault. And then you blame the buyers. Buyers are liars. Right. It's not the buyer's yeah. fault. It's your fault. You weren't professional enough to give a presentation that showed your value and have some sort of contractual obligation made. Guys, can you think of a professional on planet Earth that will work with anybody without some sort of contractual obligation, you go meet with an attorney. He might give you a little consult, but after that, you're writing him a, a, a retainer check, aren't you? You're not going to basically be working with any sort of professional more than just to get their generalized opinion without some sort of obligation that you've committed to them. And th it's that's something that real estate agents do. So you wouldn't want to do this. I'm just thinking of all the reasons sure. why agents make this as an excuse. Uh -huh. Because nobody else does it in my market. Blah, blah, blah. Because I don't believe in buyer's agency contracts. Okay. okay, don't come crying to us when they don't close with you. Okay, so I'll d tell you what else we would what we did back when we had buyer's agents. We had an easy exit listing, and the and it's in our pre-listing pack. The gist of it was, now this was on the seller side, but we just created something exactly for this on the it's buyer the side. buyer's guarantee. Yeah, the buyer's, right, exactly. And the easy exit listing was, the, you know, when you're pitching for this listing for the to the seller, you said, Mr. Seller, unlike, you know, all my competitors in the marketplace, I'm not, I'm not going to read you guys the whole script, but the gist of it was, if for any reason you're not 100% satisfied with the service that I'm providing in the job of selling your house, you can fire me with no strings attached. Now, the strings attached, 
there, there are no strings attached. There's no exit the, there's no Mickey Mouse, there's no anything. But what would be excluded, and this was all on the, uh, essentially on the agreement that you'd have signed with the seller, was that you are excluding any buyers that you introduced to the house personally or any co-ops introduced buyers to the house. Um, and then typically I would suggest, and you guys can modify this accordingly, that we need to, I would incorporate some kind of time frame between when they give you formal notice and uh, when you actually con- cancel the contract because they could have very well just decided to cancel the contract because they had a bad day, right? So the way we did it is we'd say sometimes 48 hours, some 72 hours. Um, on some of them, maybe it was even 30 days if it was a big expensive listing, you know, that type of thing. I think in the whole time that we sold real estate, we maybe had one person cancel a listing contract on us. Do you even, I, I barely remember I, one. I think when we used it to cancel somebody else. Yeah, yeah we canceled people. You know, you can use yeah. it both ways. The FISBO that tried to keep FISBO. <laughs> exactly. But so on the buyer side of it, the same deal. You can get a buyer's agent to sign a, a buyer to sign a buyer's agency contract. Uh, making it so they're obligated to you and you're obligated to them. And then you can just essentially use the buyer's uh, the easy exit. Easy well the, the buyer buy gu- the buyer guarantee that's in our pre uh, in our uh, our coaching program to essentially say that if they're not satisfied, 100% satisfied with the services you're providing, it's the same stipulations. And you can change it, you can modify it up or down, but that's the way we would do it. And then you are going to, again, you're going to have, uh, just like if you were a listing, now, is a signed buyer's agency with a buyer as good as a listing contract? Heck no, of course not. But it is a hell of a lot better than what you're doing now, which is nothing. Well, and, you know, don't forget the educating the buyer piece, right? So when you guys go around saying, you know, I was screwed or buyers are liars or whatever. What what causes that? Several things that most of our agents that have been around more than a year can identify, right? Okay, so they went off and bought new construction without you. How dare they, right? They had you show them houses, but they wrote it with their cousin or their niece who just got licensed. How dare they, right? Okay, they uh, bought a for sale by owner. They went into an open house, and that listing agent sniffed out that they liked it, and they wrote with the open house agent. How, how many emails I mean, and how many it's endless? How many uh, coaching clients over the years, or just agents in general, mm-hmm. have communicated with us where they tell us their story of yeah. woe, where they say, "I had this best friend from high school. We sat next to each other, and mm-hmm. we basically blah 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 blah. We, you know, whatever, whatever. Long, long, long emotional history. And I can't believe she went out and bought it for sale by owner <laughs> without me. Without me. Yeah. It's like, well, did you? tell her that you could have represented her and helped her on that for sale by owner? Mm-hmm. Did you actually brought, bring her in the front door of that for sale by owner? Did you tell her that you can show for sale by owners? Oh, I have even a better question. Did you actually seek out for sale by owner properties to show her in the event that may have been a good fit for what she was looking for? Did you do your job in other words, right? right. It's not the buyer's job to know how this is supposed to go. Or worry about whether right? you're going to get paid. Yeah. I mean, it, did you have, here's another one. They're in contract and I find out from the lender that they're not qualified. Well, did you talk about financing when you first met them? Which is part of the buyer's presentation right. too, which we teach you guys. The buyer's presentation when you're going through it, thank you for reminding me. Mm-hmm. The first part of it is why you want to work with you know me, Mr. Agent, as your buyer's agent, What essentially how the world really works. And then why you want to work with um, you know one of the several lenders that I'll suggest that you consider and that type of thing. And then the other part of it was is prior to us working or any of our staff working with any buyers, um, they would then have to be pre-qualified by one of our lenders. 
Now, pre-qualification, pre-approval, as we've talked about on this podcast and our coaching program, is th- those things are just made up BS things. They don't mean anything. That's the reason that we created, and you guys who are in the coaching program, just go to harrislearning.com and then just look for the ultimate addendum. Is that the actual name? Yes, it is. And there's podcasts. You can search the, the podcast site for the ultimate addendum as well. Right. So look for the ultimate addendum, and the ultimate addendum can be used. It's it's primarily used. Uh, we create it for uh, listing agents. But obviously on the buyer's agent side of things, you could use it as well as a, uh, a checklist to make sure that the lender is actually doing the job that you think they're doing to actually, you know, when the letter comes from the lender saying that this buyer is actually has the ability to buy, there are no subject twos, there are verification ofs, there are no, no this well, weasel It's a competitive language. advantage because your right. lender letter is going to look so much better than everyone else's. Exactly. Okay? Which brings me to my next point about the buyer presentation. There's a thing going on in the market right now, which is agents are struggling with getting buyers to understand why you would, how, how you can conceptually be okay with going that far over list price. Mm. Um, why would you want to waive an appraisal and what does that actually mean? And aren't you on my side? Why are you telling me to pay over list? Aren't you, you know, so unless you're using a presentation and spending some time to get their trust and selling your expertise, all of those things then what happens is the buyers don't quite understand that. They think you're just trying to make the deal easier, right? Which in a sense you are both for yourself and for them, but they don't buy it. So then they have to lose a few houses. So you're saying basically the buyers might get frustrated and fire you as an agent because you're not educating them enough on what the real market price is or what things are actually selling for. That's what I'm saying, which you can do during the presentation. Right. But what's happening is because agents aren't taking the time to explain that, the buyers are like, well, I don't know. Let's just try and come in less. Why should I have to do that? So the education piece is missing. And what happens is they have to, you know, if they're lucky, the buyer will straighten up after after one loss. But many times the buyer will get frustrated, go away from the agent because they didn't get what they wanted. There's a philosophical conversation that's, you know, basically burbling up here. And again, this goes back to skills. You, you have to remember, listeners, that 99.9% of all your buyers are not uh, predicating their decisions on finances. They're not thinking in terms of like the best deal. That's your convoluted yes. thinking for them. In other words, that's not what's most important to them. What's most important to them is getting the house, right? Yes. That's it. And what you guys are doing is you, and you learn this the hard way through experience or you don't ever learn it. You don't stay in real estate, but just trust you know, old coach Tim, the reality of it is, is that you uh, do not, your main motivation for real estate might be the best deal financially, but very rarely is it a consumer's um, main motivation. I was having an interesting coaching call with Rob Johnson, whose average sale price, I don't even know how much, probably like four, four million, yeah, at least. And maybe higher. And we're talking about the fact that he now in Greenwich, Connecticut, is seeing a competitive market where people are going over ask. Mm -hmm. And he's having these properties that before would have been not even white elephants. They were like opaque elephants. They sat on the market so long, right? Mm -hmm. And they're just basically beautiful old sort of um, estates that weren't near enough to the center of Greenwich that they were just sort of forgotten about. Well, those now are selling like hotcakes Mm -hmm. because they're sort of like the exact COVID uh, property that people want. So what you're seeing is you're going to see a lot of these uh, buyers who are coming to markets where the prices have been suppressed for a long period of time, where they could bargain hunt, and now they're having to actually be competitive and pay over asking price on a lot of these properties. And that's something that, um, you know, it's just, it's not a financial conversation. It's in essence like if, 
you might be overpaying based on the comps for the last 30 days. But based on the trajectory of the market, in 60, 90, or maybe a year from now, you might be ahead of the market. And so the reality of it is, is you need a place to live. Yeah. And you know, there, you might be you might be paying too much for now based on comps, but a year from now, you're going to be ahead of the market based on the current market trajectory. No guarantees, Mr. Buyer, but the reality of it is, is this is more than a financial decision because you need a place to live. That's right. And that's the conversation that has to be happening before they take a whack at it and lose it and we're back to the drawing board, yep. right? Because the more times you lose, it, it, it's always going to be the agent's fault for not doing a better job educating them um, unless you know you find out they're just not qualified. And, That's and pe- different. People are payment shoppers. They really sure. are. So Julie and I have a bunch of real estate in uh, 43085, 43214, 43065, all these zip codes in central Ohio. And we're you know scrolling through some of the values of these properties. And there's hardly anything for sale. Whatever's for sale is uh, in contract. Mm-hmm. And we stumbled across some that were houses that were probably five years ago you could have picked up for like I mean, honestly, some of those little two bedrooms in 43085, two bedroom, one bath, right? You know, maybe it's yeah. got a basement. Those were like 150, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Maybe even less and, years ago. And now they're starting with a four handle. <laughs> I <know>. <laughs> <laughs> What first got me looking was when I got the property tax bills on some of these things. Oh, I know. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then you look up the value. It's like, this is insane. But that's an interesting you know. side. You just made an yeah. interesting point. Our property taxes is going yeah. up faster than we're raising faster rents. Faster than we're because you right. can't quite keep up with it right And now. you're going to see some serious yeah. rent inflation very soon. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, and, and to your point, when we lose a renter, it's always because they got a mortgage and basically bought in the same neighborhood. Well, you're making my point. So, so, yeah. so really what you have to focus on is most people do not care what the price is. Most people care what the payment is. And even up and towards the uh, upper end price ranges, because even like, you know, the multi, multi, multi million dollar estates, those properties are almost always bought with borrowed money, but not borrowed in the sense that you think. They, they're not going to the mortgage company and standing in line. What they're to doing, you, they're paying cash, but where'd the money come from? Right. What, what they're doing oftentimes is they're borrowing against a, a portfolio. Like if you have $10 million with Goldman Sachs or whatever, they'll give you a, a credit line or essentially they'll give you a, the money to purchase that house for like 1.65%, 1.55%. Now I know I'm speaking you know, Martian to a lot of you because you don't deal with buyers in that price range. But it also is true with people dealing with smaller portfolios where they can take loans against a portfolio Point being, people are focused nowadays on payments because the interest rates are so low. And I'm not sure that's not smart thinking. And I know this totally goes against Julie and I's ultra conservative way of thinking about finances. But the reality of it is, is we are in a really unquestionably ridiculous inflationary time that's even to get more heated up over the next really five years. And by that, in real estate speak, it's going to be what you guys will refer to as appreciation, but it's truly inflation. Yes. So you can, if you can purchase a property right now using the three percent, you know, thirty-year fixed rate, you know, loan. What well, I mean, a three hundred thousand, four hundred thousand dollars. The average what sale price in the United States is like three hundred fifty grand, mm-hmm. right? And so I bet you someone's going to be paying what a thousand yeah, bucks, a thousand maybe. Bucks, yeah. That's incredible. Well, and look at you know the whole thing about price because whether you're going to call it, you know. Uh, appreciation or inflation. You know, the fact is the price is going up, right? The the value of the property is going up. So in some cases, honestly, I mean, you could make an argument that by the time you close, you have already recovered 
your $30,000 gap, right. right? That you think you're ever paying by 30 grand. Right. By the time you close, there's going to be new comps saying that that's okay. And you can all remember when, if they're getting a mortgage, the mortgage is going to be subject to the appraisal. So you can't, as long as there's a mortgage contingency in there, the, yeah. conti- the mortgage and the deal's the contingent appraisal. on the mortgage, you, you're always going to have the uh, appraisal in there. Unless so, they waive the appraisal. Unless they waive the appraisal, but the, they can't waive the mortgage. The, the, they can waive the appraisal, but the mortgage is going to have yeah, to be contingent on the down. appraisal. And then if the house doesn't appraise and the mortgage doesn't happen, then they're out because yep. of the mortgage uh, contingency. Right. So They've that's got all. some outs. But, that, but again, we go yeah. back to how many of these conversations are happening. And what causes you guys a lot of stress is having to have that conversation when something hits the fan. You don't right. talk about appraisals. You don't talk about inspections. You don't talk about inflation. You don't talk about any of this until you're forced to. And then you freak out. And when you're stressed out, believe me, your buyers and sellers don't appreciate that but, because but they're, again, already, they're relying on you to do a good job for them. Focus on what they're paying in rent now, assuming they're renting, or what their current payment is, yeah. or what they're, you know, what they want their payment to be. That's really what their motivation is. And I have to say, guys, again, with these low interest rates, even if they are overpaying today, a year from now with more inflation, they could be in the money. Sure. And so I'm not really We've sure. We've already seen that year over year with a lot of these markets. And how many of you guys are losing deals because you're over negotiating? Because you think you're going to, you're promising your buyers you're going to somehow, you know, get a better price other than what the house is well, listed that for. that happens. And also the buyers sometimes, because they haven't been educated, convince the agent, well, you know, let's try out coming in low. Either way, the result's the same. They don't end up with the house that they want. So it's a script, like for example, it's one of the things we teach in the coaching program. Mm -hmm. So if I say Julie role play, Mm -hmm. not don't be Julie. You want me to be a buyer? You're going to be the buyer. Okay. So no, you're going to be, I'll be the agent. You say I'm looking for a good deal. I'm looking for a good deal. Okay, great. So um, now what does most agents think listeners? They're going to think that Julie's referring to price, but here's the script. Mm -hmm. I hear that a lot. It makes perfect sense. So what does a good deal mean to you? Well, I mean, I, you know, I don't want to overpay for something. I, and I want to get what I want. I mean, I, I want to get the right place for my family. So in the list of priorities, if you had condition, if you had location and price, where would you put them? Definitely the location right. and condition. And then, you know, I know price is going to be what it is. Right. Exactly. So we need to focus on something that's going to have a really good location that makes sense for you. Mm-hmm. That's going to have really, you know, acceptable yes. condition. And then the price, assuming all the stars align. Yep. Now. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and when you, what you have to learn how to do, uh, listeners is when, when, again, this is something we teach in the coaching program. When you originally sit down with a buyer, one of the things that we teach you how to do is you pull out a map. Don't do this digitally. Do it like you could print out a map. And then you ask them where they are, like, you know, where do you work? And then, you know, the fact that a lot of them are working out of their houses makes that question easier. But where do you work? And then put a little dot where they work on the map. Where do you, if they go to, you know, mosque, synagogue, you know, church, whatever, uh, whatever, temple, then put a little star there. Where do your kids go to school? Where do you go to, you know, Pilates? Where do you go grocery stores? You know, whatever, whatever. So draw a circle uh, then around a, a circumference, you know, encompassing all the little dots. And that's the world that they live in. <laughs> okay. That's probably it, where they're going to buy. It. That's where they're going to buy and guaranteed because everything is within. And the other questions you can ask is how long are you willing to drive to work, for example? And now in some of these really congested cities, then people might have to say an hour. But then you start saying, okay, if you're willing to drive no more than say, you know, 20 minutes to one location to the other after school, get back to the kids, you know, the school and get back to work and go to plot, whatever, soccer game. Okay, then th- we can make the circle a little bit bigger. We can make the circle a little bit smaller. And then when you've you know created this sort of circumference of this area that they're most likely going to uh, live in. And remember, guys, this is based on actual research and science because 
I think it's from the Social Security Administration. Mm-hmm. It says 95% of everyone are uh, are born and die within the same exact 25-mile radius. Yeah. So most people are born in the same area in which they'll live their entire existences. So you just know keep that, that in mind. what else that I like that we used to do is ask them for a picture of their previous house. Right, especially they, Relo. Especially Because they're going to buy the same thing. They will buy exactly the same thing. Because they want to put their existing furniture in some house that works in their, you know, exactly. And that's what they're going to yeah. do. That saves time too. But when you've drawn that circle around there, then the next phase is you're going to go through and you're going to pick out the areas that are, uh, okay, what price range? Okay, so in the area that you've you know decided you want to live, generally speaking, Mr. Buyer, these are the communities in which you basically uh, that fit your requirement. You know, the bedrooms, the baths, you wanted something newer, you wanted something with a pool or a three-car garage or whatever. So these are the particular areas. And maybe in this overall circle, there might only be two areas. And then you go and you show them a list of the houses for sale. And then they're going to – that what you've caused them to do, help them to do, which online websites and Zillow and all the rest of them will never do, is you've helped to focus them. And they're going to be immediately grateful for the fact that you're taking a professional approach to help focus their mind so they can then you know move forward and you know maybe drill yeah. down in a particular neighborhood. Don't expect them to do that themselves. You're going to have to learn how to do that themselves. And this is a form of consultative consultative selling. That's what you're doing. Yes. And by the way, part of what we do in coaching is not just the presentation, but we have a whole section called buyer mastery with lots and lots of coaching calls that sound just like this, taking each and every segment. You know, how do you talk to buyers about their financing? There's ways to ask them questions that get that drill down faster. Like what price has your lender told you not to go over? Well, guess what? If they haven't seen a lender, you're going to find that out, right? It's how you ask questions. It's the time that you spend with them which ultimately, yes, you're headed for a buyer agency agreement. And along the way, you have educated them. You've bonded with them a little bit. They trust you more. And when you say, you know what, there's 20 offers coming in on this property. We're going to need to come in over list. Then they, they say, how far? And they do what you ask them to do. You get them in contract faster. And this is the reason Julie and I are not big advocates of these long-term drip email campaigns. Yeah. Because what we want you to do is we want you to get the buyers into it. You can do this all over Zoom. By the way, we're about to come out with a white paper on how to um, you know, do presentations on Zoom. Um, they'll hopefully be on the website in the next couple of days. But you're then going to have fewer leads, but the leads you're going to have are going to be truly motivated. Your job as a sales professional, which you are, I don't, you know, whatever title you put on your card, that's fine. But everyone else on planet Earth, Earth thinks as a real estate person, as a salesperson, there's nothing wrong with that. Just be a really good salesperson, the best version of you as a salesperson, and you will not have any more, you know, abhorrence basically calling yourself a salesperson. But the job of a salesperson is to help essentially solve a problem. This problem that you're helping someone solve on the buyer side is getting a house that they want. They expect you to do that. That is the role that they expect you to play. They expect you to have a formalized presentation. They expect you to have a, um, a point where you're going to ask for a commitment from them. They then expect you to perform. And the longer you take to do it, the less they trust you. That's right. That's absolutely true. I mean, it, I've had a lot of coaching calls that are, you know, tell me about your buyers And then they end with, so the only reason these people are not in contract yet is simply because you haven't done your job for them because you haven't found them the inventory, you haven't negotiated on their behalf, 
That is the only reason they're not pending right now. And by the way, the houses that you're going to show them and you need to show them and explain to them aren't just going to be the ones in the MLS because they can see those too. You're yeah. going to have to explain to them that you're going to have the for sale by owners. You're going to call the old expireds. You're going to know about all the new construction that's going on there. Not just the big builder new construction, but maybe Bob the Builder owns three lots and he's doing two specs that you just drove past and didn't realize those were be spec houses. Those types of things. That's where you need to be going. Then there's the list pens. Then there's notice defaults. Then there's the you know pro listings. They expect you to know how to do this. And if you don't, they're not going to, they're not going to use you. Maybe they actually start using you, but they won't use you to actually they purchase won't be a house. With you. Right. Yes. Okay. So here's speaking of that, here's an interesting little development that some of our very proactive, motivated coaching clients have taken on. When there's very little inventory, let's say that you're about to go show a fresh new listing in the neighborhood that your buyers just have to have, right? That mm-hmm. is the neighborhood for me. Okay, so here's what they're doing. Before they meet the buyer for that showing, they're door knocking the neighborhood and they're saying this afternoon, I'm going to be showing this property. Now, there's a very good likelihood that we're going to compete and only one person can buy that house. So are you interested in selling? That's a great idea. You're in the neighborhood anyway. You got to get to know it. And what have you just shown those homeowners that you are the proactive agent that works in that neighborhood? You're probably going to be maybe the one that sells their neighbor's house. And that you're, you know, looking for whoever's next. And obviously keep track of who you actually make contact with when you're doing that work and then stay in contact with those people, right? Even if it was just a polite, you know, them saying no. Maybe they'll sell next year. Maybe it's going to be tomorrow. But I think that's a really good proactive way, especially, you know, a good use of your time. You're out there anyway, and you're going to find out who's going to be next. I heard a statistic, Julie, that only 15% of all sellers to put their houses for sale had thought about putting their houses for sale 90 days prior. Wow. In other words, most, most people basically who put their houses for sale, they they have some situation, uh, a reload, an opportunity, um, a ch- something happens that triggers the, the home sale. It's not generally speaking, most people aren't planners. It was my right. takeaway. Mm-hmm. And so to Julie's point, you might knock on the door and she might, the seller might say, you know, not now, maybe I'm not in the mood, but then two weeks later, then all of a sudden she's going to have, you know, whatever, some life change or some opportunity and she's going to want to move. And COVID, by the way, has been the ultimate catalyst for people who hadn't been in the market putting their houses yes. for sale. But you're going to have to be aggressive is the bottom line. You know, if you guys do what you don't want to do now, the future version of you is definitely going to appreciate it. It's going to be easier for you because you're going to have a business worth having a life worth living in the sense that you're going to feel successful and you're going to have abundance in your life. But you're going to have to create abundance in other people's lives. That's called being of service to other people, which means in order for you to do that, you're going to have to be a professional. Yes. And so Julie just reminded me. Why don't How you are do- they going to do that? Why don't you do it, Julie? Because I, I have to see the phone. The world, the world wants to hear I, I you do the commercial. It. Yes. So how are you going to do all these things? How are you going to get the buyer presentation? How are you going to be involved in coaching? So you got to start with your plan. Tw- text 2021 to the following number, 855-685-1045. Text this year, 2021, to 855-685-1045. What are they going to get when they do that, Julie? Lots and lots of good stuff to dig into. For example? Books. Uh, So they're going to get the treasure map. The treasure map is your plan. And the treasure map is going to help you know what you need to do next, along with, I don't know, five or six other books that we're sending them. Yeah, Think and Grow Rich for Real Estate, your 12-monthly generation guide. And all they've got to do is text 2021 to to 855-685-1045. And listeners, that is the first time Julie has ever done an actual commercial on our podcast. Are you getting hives? No, I just couldn't. I just can't see it. It's in your corner of the oh, office. Oh, so you know what? We're going to start splitting the duty. That's fine. Okay. No worries. I'll give you another one. Uh, if they want to join the coaching program today, text EDUCATION to 855-685-1045. Text EDUCATION 
to 855-685-1045. Or you can just go over to timandjulieharris.com. Mm-hmm. And it's, by the way, our new website. Did I tell you that was live? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah, right? Finally. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can just click the little button that's right up there when you land on there. And you can look into our coaching programs. The program that all of you are going to want to be interested in the primarily is the premier coaching program, which um, is essentially $100 a month. So you definitely want to look into this. This is something that you don't want to procrastinate. Uh, by the way, Julie, we got a huge amount of positive feedback on the podcast we did yesterday on oh, Sunday. Excellent. People really liked that. Mm-hmm. If you didn't listen to yesterday's podcast, Julie and I really drilled down in essence on the whether you're going to be a proactive lead generation-based company with, that's marketing enhanced or be marketing-based company, you know, real estate agent that's uh, prospecting enhanced. And we talked about the pluses and the minuses of doing both ways. And we were as objective as we could be. Obviously, we're biased. But if you didn't listen to that, and you really want to have some clarity on essentially what path you might want to seriously be considering, assuming you want to be in this business for a long time, and you want to be profitable. Listen to the podcast from yesterday. What was yesterday's date, Julie? The 20... 20- I don't know. How do the, we not the know The twenty fourth. The twenty fourth. Oh yeah, Sunday so it, show. So it's, it's that a Sunday day. Show. It's that day minus one. Minus one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we're on iTunes, Stitcher, everywhere else. This continues to be the number one listened to daily podcast for real estate agents in at least the United States. And I'm I'm holding out hope. Then Turkmenistan and <laughs> Pakistan yeah. and Iran. And all those other countries that you guys are listening, spread the word. And some of those countries, it's only like 20 of you listening. That is a base. You guys have to let another 20 people know. (laughs) Um, So do help us continue to spread the word that you are in the right place at the right time. This is definitely the right industry. If you don't believe me, uh, you know, listen to a perma perma bear like Jim Rickards, and he'll tell you that real estate is one of the best things to be in. It's so hilarious to hear me listen to somebody who usually is basically telling people to buy farmland and gold and get ready for some sort of, you know, economic Armageddon and hear him say residential real estate is going to continue to be a bright spot. It's awesome. It is awesome. And I'm, we're fortunate. You're fortunate. Make sure you're taking full advantage of this marketplace. It's becoming uh, more aggressive, more yes, competitive than it ever has been. I, I, I can tell you a significant uptick just in my sampling of our coaching clients. It's definitely getting more competitive, yep. and you guys have got to stay competitive. You've got to change what you're doing to get you know most the people, results. Most agents hate that word competitive. I know, I know, but you know what? If you want to thrive, not just survive this market, you know. And and I really, I'm serious that that your clients, you owe it to your clients to change your ways if you're not doing what they hired you to do. Yeah, that's it. And your centers of influence and past clients, they're those of you who are listening right now. And those of you who are listening who are basically, I just work my centers of influence and past clients. Yeah, well, they you're, know too. You're the ones that are that have the biggest problem with the idea that we live in a competitive world and an ultra competitive industry. And you're the ones that suffer the most in a market like this because you're not willing to, you assume that your uh, centers of influence and past clients will just continue to use you just because you gave them a pumpkin pie last November. Some of them will, but most of them are going to always do what's best for them, which means that they're going to transact with you know essentially who's got the listing. And if you don't have the listing, if you're not yet learned how to be a listing agent and you still are working with a lot of buyers, at least work with buyers that have made a commitment to you and follow the coaching that we provide in our premier coaching program. Hey, in the meantime, if you guys need to get a hold of me for anything, me or Jules for anything, um, and if you want to have Julie and I sponsor you at eXp Realty, do consider texting us directly at 512 758 uh, 0206-512-758-0206. 512-758-0206. We'd love to sponsor you at eXp. Love to have you part of our group at eXp Realty. 512-758-0206. In the meantime, you guys have a fantastic day. We'll talk to you on the show tomorrow. 
This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.